0: hi guys welcome back to another episode of yes a stripper podcast as you can tell we are currently not filming in the studio we are filming remotely from our homes that's because today's date is march something i think it's like march 25th or whatever and we're like in the middle of the coronavirus situation, and so we had to figure out technology and kind of do this workaround and be doing these podcasts remotely for however long we have to do that, and we're really not sure. And um, you know, it's definitely disrupted our lives, um, and it's made us have to think on our feet. And something that I found really interesting about this coronavirus is for me, particularly in the beginning, I basically had my ears, my fingers in my ears, and I was like not listening and not paying attention and um, because I didn't want to. I didn't want to deal with it. Um, My life was great moving along as it was, and it just didn't seem that much of a threat. And um, that I feel like is sort of a theme that's happening in the strip club industry right now. All across the board, all across the states, we're seeing... Actions being taken by employers um, and owners of strip clubs and managers—that just there's a lot of red flags. There's a lot of weird things. They're not adapting. They're not talking to us, and they're not giving us the proper information. Does that sound like something that you are experiencing right now? Um, and so, you know, with seeing these these things that are happening in the industry before things get out of control we really have to take back the power and we have to organize we have to unify and we have to pay attention to what our employers are doing and saying and how they're treating us Um, and so you know I say all of that to say to introduce you to our next two guests this will be the first time that we have two guests and not just one and today we have Teddy and Malice who are both ex-dancers at the very famous Cheetahs here in Hollywood, California. Hi, ladies. How are you? Can you please say hi to the audience? Hi, everybody. Hello. Hi. Yeah. So, ladies, um, how are you guys doing in your prospective homes right now? Malice, you're in Hollywood with me, right? Yep. You're somewhere in Hollywood?
1: Yep. Yeah. I live right off Hollywood Boulevard, right where all the tourists typically are. Today, I walked around and I saw Really, I think only um, like two or three clusters of tourists and that's good. Um, The rest were just the regular homeless people that are always out there. And um, I kind of like to, you know, I walk my dog around the neighborhood and I avoid that street usually, but I kind of have been sort of monitoring the homeless situation because I just want to see how some of them are doing because some of them I see every day. So I've been kind of checking in with some of them and keeping my distance but still just kind of eyeballing and seeing if they're Okay. Yeah.
0: I love that. I love, I I do the same in my, in my neighborhood check in on them because they're just as a part of the community as anybody else. So I I love that you're doing that. Mm -hmm. And Kayla, um, are you still over there in Texas right
2: now? I am. I'm in like bumfuck Texas right now. Not that bumfuck It's pretty close to Austin. But where okay. I am is really Quiet the whole county Is in like shelter in place right now So everyone's mostly yeah. at home During the day the only thing open Are like grocery stores and liquor Stores and like essential services Yeah so I've Just been yeah. here kind of hiding out Keeping an eye on stuff it doesn't Really look like anyone here is getting Too antsy or too weird Just yet but you never know Okay <laughs>
0: Yeah, and just so our audience knows, you you weren't living in Texas up until recently. Um, You were living here in Los Angeles and dancing at Cheetahs before they closed recently. Mm-hmm. So I just want to make sure that, yeah. So, you know, just make sure they know all the details and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, so I really want to talk about, first of all, really quick, Malice, I'm wearing your t-shirt. Yes. The one with the tits on it. I really, when I look at myself in the video mm-hmm. wearing this shirt, I feel like I'm topless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really amazing. Yeah, and these are your actual a picture of your actual boobs. Yeah, right? I will.
1: I will admit that the photographer enhanced them a little bit with sha- <laughs> with, <laughs> with with some shadowing and made them look a little more. Uh, I think a little bigger and rounder. But yeah, they definitely. I my tits are like that nice some days.
0: Totally. Well, I, I got, I'm a 34 double D. Uh, Nice. And so your boobs look like that big Mm -hmm. and they look amazing on my boobs. Your tits on my tits. Love it. Love it. Yeah, and also, like, is it, like, okay if I make a shirt like this, like, Um, of my tits? Like, I definitely would do a different design, but...
1: I don't own the rights to that. That was actually a design that I stole from Seditionary's shirt, like, the shirt that Sid Vicious used to wear. Um, Okay. That's an old punk rock shirt knockoff, and definitely anyone has the right to make that shirt, so...
0: I just want to, you know pay respects and be cool about you know hey, I don't want to just steal your free, free okay, the tight.
1: nipple free the nipple
0: tight tight all right all right I'm gonna do it K- Teddy where are yours where's your boob shirt
2: I don't have it right now I don't know where it is I haven't unpacked all my stuff but I have like 30 million pieces of malice gear that I'm wearing constantly because <laughs> it's all really cute I don't know yeah no I'm talking is. about where.
0: But your actual titty shirt of your tits, have you ever thought of doing yours?
2: No, but they are like really good looking. I mean, not to be conceited, but I they have are. a solid pair. So I probably should slap them on a shirt. Oh, <laughs> <Hell> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And for those of you who can't see us really quick, I just want to confirm that I am indeed wearing a shirt of Malice's nude boobies on my Person and it's amazing. And so, if you can't see it, you should definitely be watching the YouTube and, videos so that you can see what we're talking about.
1: And I can also confirm, as a person that used to work with Teddy, that she has uh, quite a perfect <laughs> set of titties that like amazing. That fit perfectly in your hand and are the most firm, perfect size nipple titties that you could ask for.
2: Thanks for Oh my god, I love them. that.
0: <laughs> that brings up so much for me that something because now that we're on the subject we're gonna stick here for just a minute like because you work together and so like something that has happened for me over the years as a stripper is like really kind of like exploring each other's bodies in like this very friendly like curious but like cute way not like we're like playing doctor or anything but like you said like we often are like oh can I like feel that or touch that and like we ask each other to like do you guys have you experienced that same thing
1: oh 100 percent, all the time okay
0: yeah <laughs> yep yeah okay good yeah like we motorboat each other in the dressing room and smack ass but all with consent always, always. asking for oh, mm-hmm. yeah I asked a dancer once in the dressing room she was standing over me and I was sitting and she just had like just the most beautiful pair of breasts and I was like oh my god your tits are so amazing can I motorboat you and she's like no and I was like okay <laughs> okay fine <Yeah. laughs> you know and I was like well I asked you know and she said no and and then we just moved on but she wasn't into it and but all like always ask yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah even stripper to stripper yeah mm-hmm. um so let's talk about cheetahs a little bit um So I'm going to give a a, a short backstory and then I'm going to have you guys fill in the pieces, but basically you were working at Cheetah's for years and out of nowhere, you lost your job overnight and were forced to figure out a new life and a new way to make money. Can you fill us in on those details? What was that like? What happened? Start from the beginning.
1: Once again, I like Teddy to start because she's really good at details. <laughs> okay, okay. Teddy, go ahead. You start us off.
2: Okay, so the best summary is, as we said, Malice and I have been working there for a while. Malice had been working there the longest. Malice was at Cheetos for like a decade, right?
1: Yeah, and
2: I yeah, I was a little baby. I hadn't been there for as long, but we we're all there for a while, all pretty settled. And then there were always, like, rumors and whispers about, oh, they're going to sell it, they're going to sell it. But it never really happened or come to fruition, so no one really thought about it. But then last November, in November of 2019, um, I came to work on a Saturday. Let me look at a calendar, because I got to think dates. I think last time I said it was, like, Saturday the 13th. No, okay, it was, like, Saturday the 9th, and so I came to work, Okay. and Malice was actually the first person to talk to me, and Malice was like, hey, Bobby, who is the owner, Bobby told me to tell everyone that we were going to be closing for two weeks for renovations, and when we came back, we would all still have our jobs, like, don't freak out, but we're closing for two weeks, starting next week, and, like, Bobby didn't even tell this us himself he only told Malice to tell every other girl that came in so it was kind of like a game of telephone as someone came into work we had to be like hey look out we're closing for two weeks allegedly we're getting our jobs back I didn't think we were getting our jobs back even from then I didn't believe it but then on Monday the 11th we all had a app That we used to clock in because um, Cheetahs got onto the new employee law late, but they did eventually, I think they were eventually forced to comply. So we had an app that we used to clock in and track our hours and track like our money. And so we got a message on that app from our manager, Nick, who was the owner's son. And it went to every girl at Cheetahs and it said that we were closing for two weeks But when we reopened, Cheetahs would reopen under new management and they didn't say fired. They're really careful to not say fired. What they did say is that you can discuss new potential employment opportunities with the new management and come pick up your check on Tuesday night and it's been fun. See you guys later. <laughs> it was basically the summary of the text we got and just pandemonium of course erupted because it was just like a week or so after the first of the month, nobody had any money. Uh, as I said, this was literally in two days warning. They were like, Hey, uh, you're not working anymore. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. And, and the other thing that I think, our audience should understand, especially if they don't understand the strip club scene in Los Angeles, this is very specific, right? So you've got your bikini clubs, which are like totally different from the nude clubs. And here in Los Angeles, there's really nothing in between. There's there, unless you're like going all the way to the West side and dancing at plan B, there's no topless option. There's only nude, which we can get into later about what the nude clubs are like in LA But it's a totally different spectrum of stripping than dancing at the bikini clubs. And there's very few bikini clubs in L.A. So if you lose your bikini club job in L.A. and you're accustomed to that type of dancing, then what are your other options? Like, let me ask you, what was going through your head? Malice, you understand the scene in Los Angeles as much as I do. What did you feel like your option was when that happened?
1: Well, um, first of all, coming from Portland, Oregon, where we were full Mm. nude dancers with full bar, full everything. I I was never a person who's uncomfortable with being nude, but I am uncomfortable with hustle. And um, I know that all the nude clubs you have to do lap dances, there isn't really such thing as like hipsters coming in and making the rain stage money. So um, I knew that I had no like zero options to work in L.A. because the only other bikini bar that is in my area is Jumbo's. And um, I was told a long time ago I'd have to wear a wig to work there and I refuse. So um,
0: I just. Yeah, because they discriminate in their hiring practices there yeah I mean against yeah, yeah
1: yeah they also don't really like tattooed girls that much they have some but they, they,
0: whatever they have tattoos you were just discriminated against because that's how they are there and that's part of an issue well Anyways,
1: no no but it. I mean but let me say though like the two heavily yeah. tattooed girls that they have they won't even let them work the same shift because they don't want the club looking heavily tattooed
0: Oh, I didn't know that detail. It
1: is um, a thing there. And if you look now, they used to be known to have a lot of tattooed girls. But the, I know that. But the owner doesn't like it anymore. She thinks that it brings in hipsters and that they don't have money. <laughs> mm. But, like, okay. it's called Jumbo's Clown Room. What else is it going to bring in? <laughs> anyway...
0: Her whole logic is like, okay, okay. we could talk for hours yeah, about that. Yeah. But well,
1: yeah. Anyways, that's, that's, a, that's outside the point. But yeah, I definitely didn't yeah. want to work at a nude club because um, also, also the nude clubs in LA also discriminate against girls like me as well, like heavily tattooed, yeah. crazy hair. It's not a thing that is really popular in the LA strip club culture. And yeah. Um, right. I get that to a degree, but also, um, I have my own clientele that like the way I look. So I feel like, you know, whatever people need to, you know, let me have my thing, but whatever. Yeah. I didn't want to work at any of the clubs here. So I quit.
0: You quit stripping. Yeah. It's a sad day. Yeah. Yeah. Because you've been stripping for how long now?
1: Almost 20 years. Like, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I feel that because in December of 2018, when I had my accident, I was forced to quit and it wasn't, I wasn't ready to quit, you know, so it definitely felt like I lost a part of me. Um, I think a lot of people get confused and think that the majority of us are stripping because we're in some sort of like dire fucked up situation and that's our only option. Um, But for me, it was, like, a passion and a lifelong career and a love. And um, it was devastating to lose that. So I can – I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Teddy, what about you? What did you feel like your options were?
2: Uh, I felt I had options, but none of them were options I wanted. So they weren't really options. I had come up through L.A. dancing in, like, each different tier. So I knew what they were all like. But I – when I came to Cheetahs, I felt so comfortable in a way that I hadn't felt working anywhere else, and I felt, like, yeah. so satisfied there that I didn't want to go back to, like, you don't want to go back to stuff you had now that you've known, like, oh, I can have somewhere where I could basically have it all, where I could like, make my money the way yeah. I want, and I can talk to who I want, and I can hang out with who I want, and I can look the way I prefer to look. And all in all, just do that. And so yeah. also... Um, Sorry. but
0: <laughs> It's okay.
2: Oh, okay. Also, what I was going to say as a quick summary is I am... It's okay. I have more tattoos than I did when I started. I have more piercings than I did when I started. And I'm also still yeah. black, which was the same as when I started. But all of those compounded, especially with the fact that after the employee law started, a lot of places started locking down their hiring practices because they really looked as the girls they hired more as, like, investments now because they actually have to think about paying you. They, most clubs are, like, less willing to hire people that are, like, outside of that so, after just going to places like a couple times and being like, oh, no, we're not hiring. When I'm like, I know you're hiring because <laughs> you said over the phone you were hiring. I was just like, I'm just going to take like an indefinite right. hiatus because I just need a second.
0: Uh, yeah. My God. I have like so many questions and threads that we can go through. Um, so, I have a question. Um, you When you said, Um, early on um, oh we heard that they might be selling isn't this wasn't isn't this a reoccurring pattern with these particular owners at cheetahs where they like sell their business and i'm using air quotes right where they they sell the business but they don't they basically say they're selling it but they're not selling it it's just a new management team coming in and that's kind of what happened in this situation this is not the first time
1: they've done that, right? Well, I think um, I can just say that I know that Bobby has wanted to sell cheetahs forever. Like, but he puts it at such a high price. Um, he wants $4 million. And uh, the last time I saw <laughs> the price, it was 5 million. Well, yeah, it could be that now too. Um, he, yeah. I think he feels like being located next to the hospital that they'll eventually buy it just for the extra space. Um, mm-hmm. But which, you know, could happen. But um, he has definitely let people come in and manage it. I was there at Cheetah's back in the, um, you know, right after 2010, there was a guy named Benoit who was managing it for a while, who was a total coke head. And I worked there during his stint where he pretty much um, almost bankrupt that club at that time because he was just doing blow with the waitress that he was fucking all night. And um, I would sometimes show up to work and they would be passed out in the club still from the night before. <laughs> And um yeah, and I would be like, wait, these people are my managers. And they were also trying to charge each girl that worked there, even though they barely had clientele. They were trying to charge us forty dollars a night to work there. And um I was like, forty dollars. <laughs> like the kind of customers that come in here, like I was trying I was trying to build a clientele there. I didn't really have it yet. I had just moved here from Portland and I was like, You guys don't have people that make it rain here yet. Like you can't Asked for forty dollars, you know that she's like, well, it just takes that one guy, and I'm like, there's nobody. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, those people were horrible. And then Bobby took it back, but then also, and Bobby's the owner, and he also transferred his name out to his son at another time, making us all panic at that time because he put a note. There was a note up on the door of change of ownership, and we all freaked out then and thought we needed to change our jobs as well. But they kept, you know, telling us, no, 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 we're not selling. And they didn't. So that's why this time when this happened again, you know, some of us actually did think we would get our jobs back until we saw who the new management was going to be.
0: Right. And so the new management now. So let's let's talk about what was the vibe at Cheetahs before this happened.
1: I mean, I would say the vibe of Cheetahs before was basically like a very artsy, eclectic group of girls. We had, um, you know, lots of different performance art shows that would come in. Bands would come in. Right before we, we like, shut down, we had FK Twigs perform there. It was epic, you know, like, and Halsey, and like, yeah, a lot of artists like that, like big names were coming in and bringing part, private parties, and we had celebrities. Yeah, and Jack the
0: Stripper. Did shows there too did
1: shows there yeah we had super cool like super hip events we had our transgender inclusive night um yeah the first of that happening in any strip club here or anywhere that i've heard of Um, jolene right with jolene with daphne that was coming in yeah um we had all sorts of really cool event nights parties um cool customers like our customers were a eclectic group as well like of course, there was like the Lonely Hearts guys, but then there was also we had a lot of young people, couples, girls, like people that we could really do a stage show for, you know? And um, yeah, that that was a beautiful time.
0: Yeah. And so what is the vibe now? Because we need people to understand how different it is so to make sense to them why you can't go back. Teddy?
2: Yeah, the vibe now is the people who took it over were the people who ran V Live, which is V Live is basically like an Atlanta club transported into Los Angeles. That's the best way to think about it. So while there is like Which is great. Yeah, right? but it just wasn't what Cheetahs was before. Yeah, so, it's great
0: right and you don't do it that way no. right? so there's no shade on that vibe it's just yeah the
2: customers are completely yeah. different yeah no I mean I, I like different
1: oh, sorry right right yeah yeah I agree like I would I would like to work that night as well but um I also wouldn't like to be uh, you know, forced to do lap dances and also expected to pay a huge tip out, but, um, like they have to pay a lot of money, but I think that those girls can make more money because they have, uh, certain assets that that clientele that are coming there now are looking for that I don't have. So,
0: right. So the, the vibe and, you know, I, I'm going to explain to the audience just because assuming that some people have, are totally clueless. the The Atlanta vibe is um, mostly women of color, very thick, um, very hip hop scene. Um, and and while I love that scene, it's just a complete one hundred and eighty from what just used to be. So any of the 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 tattooed girls, the the artsy type girls, they're not gonna fit into that scene, and they're not gonna make the money. And the money that's being thrown around, it's like when you look at the videos on Instagram right now, I mean, they're like swimming in money. The floor is covered in money. Um, And they're also making dancers sign contracts that state that they're customers of the club, that they're not even independent contractors coming in and working, that they're straight up customers. And they're paying exorbitant house fees, like probably $100, $150. Mm dollars probably goes up every hour that they show up late to work um and they're being have mandatory tip-outs and you're right they're probably um being highly coerced into doing all types of lap dancing and all the things you know because they're notorious like they they've they've done the same thing in other types of clubs in la and um and there's other clubs in la having people sign having dancers sign contracts saying that they're customers and so yeah You can't go back. No. It's not your same house anymore. No. Yeah. Um, Before you left, before they closed, I should say, um, they had changed your status according to the new AB5 law and ABC test that was put into place by California officials. Originally, you were not paying house fees, right? You were just going into work and just doing tip out.
1: No, back in the day we had to pay a house fee and tip out the bouncer and the DJ and that didn't change once we became employees either. That was always the that, same.
0: Right, but what did change is then you had to start paying heavily out on lap dances, right? Yeah, well mm-hmm. they
1: claimed that the lap dance money was a service that they provide and so um I mean, whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Go
0: backwards. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's the first time I've heard that. Really? They claimed that the lap dances that you did yeah. was a service that
1: they provided. Yeah. Oh, no. That's what they're doing at like Deja Vu and all those other clubs, too. That's why they don't even let the girls at Deja Vu touch that lap dance money. And like some of the clubs, they have the booth where the money goes right into the booth. The girls aren't allowed to touch it because that's the club's money.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's the club's service. Right. And, I can and
1: personally too- vouch
2: for that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And she just tried to make us feel like they were the good guy by the fact that they didn't take all of that money. And they were just giving us a percentage of it by, you know, like you said before, they, they would take the first uh, four dances, which the, they raised the price of dances finally and um, mm-hmm. to 25 just so they could take $15 and <laughs> get the girls 10. But the first four, they took the whole thing. So it's kind of like, okay. yeah, it's crazy.
0: Sorry. So the first four, they would take all your money Uh for the lap dances. So you basically did four lap dances Mm -hmm. for free. Yep. Okay. And then for every dance after that, they took $15. So you were only making $10 on every lap dance. Yep. On top of that, you were required to do mandatory. You had to do tip out, but they didn't call it mandatory. But we all know if you don't tip for out it. in the strip club, you get shit for it.
1: Yeah, and yeah. so basically, girls that did the most lat dances got the best shifts, the most shifts. Um, our shifts were also in started off in tears. I used to work um like four or five nights a week, definitely every Friday and Saturday, and um, basically we worked from uh like eight o'clock or nine o'clock to. 2am now we're only doing like some girls would only get like two or three hour shifts you know barely anybody ever got like a full five hour shift and um we barely got any days after that and they tried to make it seem like that's what they had to do because now like they didn't want to do that but they had to pay all of our minimum wage and it was and all this taxes and that's why they had to take our lap dance money and that's why they had to do that so
0: Yeah, and just so everybody knows, also, this is a
2: full alcohol bar. Yeah, they Mm -hmm. sell
1: alcohol, and they get plenty of alcohol sales, because everybody who comes there loves alcohol.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Even if they don't give us money, everyone buys drinks. There's a two-drink minimum to be there. That's
0: true. Right, and so they're making plenty of money on alcohol, and they're just, like, stealing so much of your money. Okay. So before all this happened, you know, I personally came to Cheetahs and I was doing this at several clubs in Los Angeles, and Cheetahs was on our hit list. (laughs) And as Soldiers of Pole, we were going in there and talking to dancers about coming to our meetings and learning more info. And um, I, I think you were. I don't know if you were both there on one particular night. I came in more than once. I came in being me a total twice. I know Malice, you were there one time. Yeah. Teddy, I don't know if you were Yeah. I was. or if you were and we just missed each other. But at the time when we were coming through and I want to, I want to clarify that the next, this next part of the conversation is so that we can help other dancers mm-hmm. sort of recognize what's happening so that they can, get ahead of the curve yeah um and so at the time when i was coming in and talking to you about this stuff or other people maybe not even just me Mm -hmm. what was what was going on in your head when we were bringing that up to you before the club closed
1: well for me i personally like i loved what you guys were doing like soldiers of pole and everything and i knew that it like starting a union would be a good idea since everyone did have to be employees but um, I was personally resistant to it because I thought that people should be organizing to um, fight against being an employee at all. Um, I will say that, like now, after working with you guys for a while, I do see how the benefits of being under employee status. Um, however, uh, the anarchist side of me still has an issue with it. Um, but I do think that since that there's nothing, it's much easier to work with a union and try to get the rights that we deserve being an employee than to try to change that law anyway. So, um, I felt like, you know, just at that time I was just not seeing, um, clearly what needed to be done at the time. Sure. Yeah.
0: And, and Teddy, what about you?
2: I, Uh, well, when we were still independent contractors, I was like, yeah, union, but I don't know if we need it. When we were employees, I was, I think, way more, I was really gun ho union because I am, but that's me personally, because my political background is I'm a card-carrying socialist and I'm like, the unions have done all the work forever. Unions are where we have a weekend, unions are where we have vacations, unions are where we have anything. So when anyone's like, you're going to do a union, I'm like, oh, hell yeah, let's join a union.
0: Okay, got it and then after this all happened did anything change for you specifically malice I'm asking like what did something kind of like click or did you have a thought or or what was going on for you I
1: just realized that if I don't get involved in this like I just feel sorry for all of the you know strippers that are starting out now or that are continuing to work now they're going to be basically sex trafficked by these clubs if I don't and, and others don't help them because um, that's what's happening. And they'll never be able to dance like I did. They'll never be free like I was. And um, I don't want to see that happen to this, this industry. And I like want to do the best I can to get, help them get some rights. Yeah.
0: Do you guys feel this is something that I've been feeling like lately is that these owners and managers aren't adapting to the changing times that we're in as a society? Do you kind of get that same feeling?
1: No, 100%. Yes. they never, they never were. I was the one back when I started working at cheetahs from the beginning, 10 years ago, when I first moved here, trying to convince them to get an Instagram, they never did it until probably like near the end of me working there, maybe like three years or something into the end. Um, like, I, I was like, you need to be on Instagram, you need to have a website, you need to do social media, you need to be. Um promoting yourself as a club to get customers in here we don't and bobby kept telling me now i've been here 500 years and everybody knows about cheetahs i'm like those people died a long time ago blood. and i was like you need to stop with this like this is important i was like "If minimum minimum you should have a big sign out in the front with your hours posted on it because when people drive by in the day this place looks closed Um, And like, Mm -hmm. also now with the coronavirus and like the things that are happening now, you know, I feel like people need to even get more digital. And yeah, they're not seeing that and they're not adapting and they're not like thinking about the health of their workers. And um, I mean, honestly, a lot of the girls that I know that are still working out there also are not concerned about their own health. But, you know, like, I want to support them and not judge them. But um, I definitely feel like Mm -hmm. I worry for them
2: you know?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so, um, whew. Kayla, what about you after
0: it, it all went down and like, because you actually, um, have impressed me so much recently because we don't, we never really knew each other before all this stuff started happening. And then when I've been in some meetings with you and you, just, you're like, Oh, I was just at this training and you just start like spouting off all this like hella intelligent shit. Um, do you feel like you kind of got like charged up to learn more about like the laws and and what we're going through and can you open up about that
2: yeah totally I feel like even though I was like yeah this is an industry that can be exploitative and stuff happens you feel like you're always in that point where like but it hasn't happened to me so it's not that bad and then it happened And it happened really suddenly. And I was like, for a while, I was like, I don't know what to do. It was really interesting. Then Malice was the one who reached out to me and was like, hey, I've been talking to like these people. Like maybe you should come through. Let's see what's going on. And I think especially joining up, in talking to other people and seeing that this isn't like a one-off in any case it won't be a one-off and it's very much it's not like oh it sucks that it happened that's one bad club that's one bad owner no they're all like that and they're all waiting for the moment that they can do that and they're all looking to see how they can like suck the people that this industry relies on dry and they're all ancient and they refuse to adapt and they all look like the chocolate grandma from SpongeBob. And I think I don't know who that is. That's but okay. I will that. <laughs> and seeing that, but then also seeing kind of like the strength and the resiliency and the intelligence of everyone in the union and the fact that everyone else is also really fired up and is really like, We can change this and really we can work for this and we we can make this industry what we want it to be, I think was really inspiring.
0: Yeah. Isn't it so inspiring because we all – so for everyone listening and watching, we all work together um, on Soldiers of Pole, um, and when we're all together in the room, like, isn't it so incredible, like, how smart we all are Mm -hmm. and, like, thoughtful and amazing? Do you ever
1: take note of that? Um, I always take note of how smart everyone else is, but, like (laughs) –
0: you – don't give yourself enough credit. You are incredibly smart and thoughtful and your opinion. Your, your experience and your knowledge and your care for all these other people bring so much to the table. Like, you – both of you impress me on so many levels, and everyone on our team does.
1: Yeah, I really feel that, you know, like, I am, you know, like, learning a lot, like, a lot of the – um Legal aspects of unionizing and all of that stuff is really overwhelming for me. Um, I mean, I'm one of those people like a email is really overwhelming for me. So uh, <laughs> it's been a learning yeah. curve for me. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I definitely feel very strongly about sex working, stripping and stuff yeah. like that. And I don't want I'm just so sick of how many freaking years women have to get shitted on. How many fucking years do we have to get fucking treated like shit until we can finally like have some rights? And like, I feel like for it to like set off in the sex industry where there's so many strong independent women is like the best starting ground. Cause this is, this is, I think, where we need to begin, you know, because we're the women that are basically even you know judged by other women and we need to come through and be like nobody can treat us like shit we deserve this we we should have rights and you all should have rights too we need equal pay we need vacations we need childcare and we need to be like you we're never going to get anything from the, from these corporate motherfuckers if we don't tell them to give it to us so
0: well i have visions of sex workers and strippers owning the clubs yeah yeah and to find a way over time to push the men out and for the clubs to be female run and sex worker run yeah because we understand the people that are doing the work and for the my vision is and the way I see things is everything trickles down from the top and if the person at the top is understanding and really cares and really understands the workers that are providing the service. Yeah. Not the business itself doesn't provide the service. The workers <laughs> provide. And I think if you step into those shoes and really understand and keep those workers happy, that that creates a more fruitful and um, productive business. Okay. And so, like, why don't we just have you ever, either one of you ever envisioned being a manager or an owner of your own place?
1: Uh, for years, um, the owner of cheetahs kept promising that I would get to be the manager there. And, um, I laugh at it now just because I knew he was full of shit then. And I'm just like, you know, like I knew it, but I was like, um, I joked with him all the time that I was just going to kill him and take it over. Like they do. And, um, you know, the King must die. And, uh, I just, yeah, I wanted to manage that club and I had always envisioned that. I don't know about owning one. I would definitely need a business partner for that because I'm not good at managing money, but I, I do want to have a place where, where women, not just women, but anyone, like I would like, you know, everyone to have a chance to be a dancer and have a, have a venue yeah. where they can express themselves in a physical way like that.
0: Yeah. Same, same seas. Mm-hmm amazing so before we move on to our next segments, i just i want to ask you what would you say to other strippers in any part of the country right now about like if they are are feeling what's the, if they're having grievances of where they're working or just in general
2: like what would be your message to other strippers i would say you have powers and you have power in numbers don't go to your Mm -hmm. managers especially don't go to your managers individually it's way more easy for them to discard you and claim you as a one-off this industry needs you is built on you but it's also built on exploiting you
1: so Mm
2: -hmm. get together with every other girl you know and and get you money you all have the same grievances I back up what
1: Teddy says yeah I back that up and I also just want to say um you're yeah you're not alone um talk to some of the other dancers like even online like reach out to soldiers of pole find out that there's like a whole whole army of us that are trying to work to make this a better place for everyone yeah
0: yeah something that um comes up for me sometimes when I talk to people who just aren't they're just ignorant about our line of work um no judgment they just don't know as much as we know and um they'll say things like oh well what do you expect of course it's of course there's crazy shit going on over there it's a strip club what do you expect and my response to that is it doesn't have to be that way Mm -hmm. just because it is that way now doesn't mean that it has to be that way and that's the only way it can be it can be good for everyone and healthy for everyone it can be um and so that's that's where my frustration lies a lot in and i think that especially when talking to civilians that they think that it it's always going to be crazy just because it's sex work and a strip club and it just doesn't have to be that way you know
1: yeah so yeah,
0: yeah. Exactly. I advocate for huge change. Massive change. Reform. right? Reform and revolution. Yeah. Yeah. There's That might spark some anarchist part of you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same. I'm like, fuck the system. Fuck anyone that tries to tell me what to do. Like I hated school. I dropped out of college. I cut classes all the time. And now I go on live streams and I'm like, Pay your taxes, <laughs> follow the rules.
1: You know, I'm like, who am I? You know, yeah. But that, part, um, that some of that part is hard for me, and I know hard for a lot of other dancers to uh, get with. And um, at the same time, uh, you know, like as as I start to see the way the world is working now, I'm definitely like realizing that um because of a lot of my anarchist ways i don't have anything you know i don't have anything i get fired i have nothing if i you know and that's the thing when i complain about getting fired online or i complain about anything um people will be like well file for unemployment i'm like i can't (laughs) i don't have this i don't have that i don't have any proof of income and i think you know, that's one of the things that I'm starting to realize. Okay, so I do need to like file some stuff. I do need to do some paperwork so like I can get unemployment. I can get some of the things when I, you know, I still have to pay my bills, you know, like I can't just pretend yeah. that um I can just run out and get another job that quick like I used to be able to. And that's not due, yeah. that's not due to me getting older <laughs> as much as it is due to also the industry just not having the space. Yeah. You know yeah Mm -hmm. yeah well times
0: are changing that's for sure yeah um well thank you so much for that Uh, we're gonna move on to our next segment it's called stripper tips want to be fabulous just like these strippers pay attention it's stripper tips all right we've got teddy up she's gonna give our stripper tip on this episode teddy
2: what's your stripper tip uh, this is a good tip for everybody. Always demand a payment for any services up front and always have multiple ways of accepting payment. Don't let anyone ever tell you, well, oh, I don't have cash or oh, I don't have that. Be like, cool, well, I swear, I have Venmo, I have Cash App, I have PayPal, <laughs>
0: whatever, right, whatever right. you want, I can take so it. Have- got it so always accept the money up front yeah Mm -hmm. and we learn that from like lap dancing and sometimes not getting the money up front and at the end of it they refuse payment yeah right has that ever happened to you yes (laughs) yeah and it's like the most shitty thing ever and what do you what what have you done in the past when that's happened when someone you're like okay you owe me for like five lap dances and like no I don't (laughs) like what do you do
2: uh, in the past, I have either what I used to do when I worked in places with more confined dance rooms is I would literally block the exit and I'd be like, neither of us is leaving this room until one of us gets paid and that's just it. And I'll be like, I'll send your card out with the waitress <laughs> if you want and she can charge you, but I'm, I'm not going, I'm like, I don't have anywhere to be. So we're chilling together or I have physically, yeah. I have at times yeah. gently because I don't want any charges gently dragged people to the ATM <laughs> to recoup yeah. to recoup my payment hmm?
0: tight mm-hmm. fearless you're fearless you stand your ground i love it all right malice are you ready yeah. what's your stripper tip okay right.
1: i have um kind of what i think is more of like a stripper boy scout tip and that is that One of the things that you should always have in your, or some of the things that you should always have in your bag, besides your shoes and your outfits, is you should always have some super glue, some electrical tape, and a pair of scissors. All Mm -hmm. of these things you will need. Um, Maybe not every night, but almost probably every other night you need one of those items. So um, yeah, if, and if you don't have those, you know, you can kind of hope that someone might, but it's better just to make sure you have them yourself. So keep those in your bag. Stripper kit. Yeah, stripper Mm -hmm. kit.
0: Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I always needed electrical tape and super glue. Always. Yes, you're right. right. Key. Such a good tip. Thank you so much for that. Right on. Get ready for our rapid fire question round. It's time for four for one. Where is the strangest place you've ever urinated?
2: Middle of the desert, Nevada, middle of the night.
0: Have you ever flashed a window cleaner while he was hanging outside of the 20th floor of a casino hotel? Possibly accidentally. <laughs> Follow up question Who have you flashed and when <laughs> randomly? Not at the strip club.
2: Oh gosh, who have I not? Um, I used to live in a place with floor-to-ceiling windows, and I would never get dressed, ever. So, literally, everyone who lived on my street or wandered by had, at times, <laughs> seen me. Completely everyone naked. all the time. Yeah, yeah, just constantly.
0: Got it, got it. Got it, got it. Okay,
1: Malice, here we go. Okay.
0: What secret conspiracy would you like to start?
1: Uh, oh, I would like to start a conspiracy that, um... That I am the child of Wendy O. Williams. <laughs> Wendy Williams? Wendy O. Williams from the Plasmatics. <laughs> <model. laughs> That's not a real conspiracy. That's not a real conspiracy. Okay, now, really? No, it doesn't really, have to be real. <laughs> really? Um, Wendy O. Williams. Yeah, Wendy O. Williams. She's a singer of the Plasmatics and like um, a and woman legend
0: i love it He's my hero that's great yeah. well we'll start it here right now you are the love child of wendy o williams yeah perfect mm-hmm. last question what are the nicknames for some of the customers that you've known over the years do you have nicknames oh
1: yeah we had one that was called bowl cut i don't know if you ever even met him he was like at jumbo's and cheetahs and he was um a very very angry man i don't know bowl cut he, he bowl cut because he always had a bowl cut and he would sit there oh, bowl cut bowl cut yeah okay. and he would sit there with like um basically like maybe five one dollar bills in front of him while he drank a coffee and never tip anyone and just look angry at everyone. <laughs> i don't know who that is yeah he was great he is
0: that him. it do
1: you have any other
0: nicknames yeah
1: no um i can't think of anything right now but um okay. bowl cut is probably the best character ever
0: I love it. Wait, okay, wait, wait,
1: there was um oh what was his name? I think um Teddy you were there when he was there. He's the uh the creepy dude that would buy everyone pizza that like got tattooed like every day. The old man. Oh I don't remember anyone's um,
2: nickname for him, but I remember him.
1: And he liked to suck off people's high heel shoe. Like yep. he liked to like pretend he was deep throating it. Yeah. Oh, we called him we call them creepy something. I don't know. Creepy
0: something. There it is. Good enough. Yeah. Creepy something. Yeah. And that's the great things about sex workers is we will not judge you for the creepy and weird things that you're into, just so long as you're not hurting anybody right. in the process. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I love it.
0: Yeah. And you're paying it. Yeah. for our service, yeah. our service, not the club service. Right. Oh my gosh, this has been so great. Thank you so so much for both joining me and being here and working with us during this like new way of figuring. Out podcast during quarantine life i salute you for your patience and for your service that you've given to our country and to all the men for all the years mm-hmm. so thank you for being here and um yeah and tell everyone how we can find each of you before we go teddy
2: oh uh Well, I'm on Instagram. I'm gonna change my Instagram name back. Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at Teddy B. Period Ruxpin. R U X P I N? I have to spell that because I guess a lot of people don't know what a Teddy Ruxpin is and they don't get the joke.
0: I know what a Teddy Ruxpin is. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Awesome. Is there any other ways or any other things that you want us
2: want the audience to know about? No, I don't really I don't really run a bunch of other stuff right now. But if I do, okay. you'll find out about it on my Instagram.
1: Perfect. Okay. And Malice, how can we find you? Um, I am official Malice McMunn, O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L-M-A-L-I-C-E-M-C-M-U-N-N. Um, on Instagram, I am uh, the owner of Malicious Creatures Clothing, which is the kits that she's wearing on her shirt and i am uh and i'll have that shit in my bio also um i have a youtube channel under malice mcmahon as well where that is what i'm doing instead of dancing now i'm just on there reviewing my old vhs tapes so people that want to nerd out with me can nerd out with me
0: awesome well thank you again so much for joining us and stay safe and healthy out there
2: oh you too thank you thank you
0: all right, guys. See you next week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Bye. 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 Hey, guys. I just want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Yes, A Stripper Podcast. You can also watch this podcast on YouTube at Yes, A Stripper Podcast. And, of course, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Yes, A Stripper Pod. Yes, a stripper podcast is produced by Mackenzie Mizell, Shelly Snyder, and yours truly, A.M. Davies. Be sure to email any questions or comments to yesastripperpodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow me personally, you can find me on Instagram at thequeenofsexy. You can also check me out on my website, thequeenofsexy.com.